Welcome to the Prophecy Club. In an effort to try to convince you that you are called to come to the Sevenfold Miracle Crusades and that you are going to get a lot out of it, I'm about to interview my wife and let her tell what she is going to be doing at the crusade to help you. But before I bring her in, I'm going to tell you what I think of her. And the reason is, is I think I know her probably better than anybody else on the earth in that she is my wife of 37 years. And the reason I'm doing that is because she does not like me bragging on her, as she says. So I'll tell you about her before she comes into the studio. I trust Leslie more than anyone on the earth to hear from God. And the reason being, among many reasons, she did not ask to be a prophet and has quit many times. She tells me not to introduce her as a prophet. She does not want any glory or recognition. She just wants to hear from God. When she gives a prophecy or a prophetic word, that's the last time you hear of it. She does not lift herself up, nor does she go around to see that her prophecies are listened to. She's had angels speak to her at night, many dreams, many visions, prophetic words. She hears the audible voice of God on a regular basis. When she is ministering, especially at a crusade, where the most powerful anointing comes on her, many times as she is ministering, she feels the angels touch her on her shoulders and the back of her head just to let her know that they are with her. She's seen many healings and miracles at her prayers. Now, that's my introduction. Now, let me tell you about her more specifically. She's the author of five books, The Perfect Touch, The Crown of Glory, Help Me, I'm All Tied Up, More Than a Ruby, and her newest one soon to come out, What It Takes to Be a Prophet, and 25 DVDs. She has pinpoint accuracy in her dreams, visions, and prophetic words. She's given over 5,000 personal prophecies, and as her husband, I'll tell you, I do not know of one she's missed. For example, God has given her several regional, national, and international prophecies that have come to pass. She prophesied that Kathleen Sebelius would be elected governor of Kansas, and that was fulfilled. That mildew would hit crops in the Stockton, California area, fulfilled. A flood would hit El Paso, 12 months later, fulfilled. A congregation member's baby would be redheaded, fulfilled. President Obama would travel the globe making promises to leaders. Three doctors declared a lady to be barren in her womb. Yet the baby came 18 months later as prophesied. Her two most famous prophecies that probably I have made famous is the one called Arafat in the hospital and seven headlines to the fall of America. For example, on one of her DVDs, this just to tell you a little bit about what's on them, this is called True or False Prophecies. And it talks about how to recognize God speaking, recognize true or false prophecy or a false prophet, give accurate prophecies, Receive best blessings. Be found guiltless. Receive a double blessing. Soothsayer or Holy Spirit. Recognize the anointing for the spirit of prophecy. Do all godly prophecies come to pass? She has made 25 two-and-a-half-hour DVDs, and one of them, I believe, is a double DVD. At this crusade, she's about to tell you what she's going to do, but she's going to be teaching through her school of the prophets, and I think she has taught through this thing probably over 50 times as we've conducted over 60 Power of Jesus Crusades. So she knows how to teach a person to become a prophet. We believe that even though a person is called from birth to be a prophet, if they are, they still need training. And that's what she is going to help you to be able to do.
I've got my wife, Leslie Johnson, on, an ordained prophet, and she's going to be at the Sevenfold Miracle Crusade, April 8th through 12th, and you can get signed up by going to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com. I wanted to introduce her to you and let her tell you what she is going to be doing at the crusade. So, Leslie, welcome to the Prophecy Club. Thank you. How did you first discover that God had a special call on your life? In the late 90s, I think we about that time we started some crusades. We had different prophets from time to time that would be our ministers there. I noticed that, you know, when I began to pray for people, different things would happen or I'd be able to pick up about what the prophet was about to say. I had really word of knowledge and understanding and word of wisdom come forth and didn't really understand what was going on. So I began to observe these prophets that were with us from the different crusades also began to pray for people and began to see that there was a difference or a different anointing on me than many other people that we were praying for. Not that I'm special, but in a way, I guess people with the, in the fivefold ministry, there is something different about them. There is a different calling on them. Um, you know, when we do crusades, we would have so many people that wanted to say they were in the office of a prophet or they wanted the prophet anointing. It's not an easy walk. It's not something that I think people should just desire. Uh, but I do think that they should be trained. And that's why we're going to be doing this crusade because, you know, I've been trained for many, many years, over 20 years now. And I think that they need to realize I'm still growing. I'm still learning. I'm still being trained. And it's something that we all need to be doing. Let's go back to the very first crusade we did at Denver. I remember that you came up to me, <laughs> you came up to me and you said, "People are falling down when I'm praying <laughs> for them," and I said, "You're not pushing them down, are you?" No, no, no I'm not. Watch, I'm not even touching them. Tell us about that story. Well, uh, yes, I mean, I would pray for people. People would go slain in the spirit when I would pray for them, and and it shocked me because I wasn't used to being around that. I didn't know that happened. We weren't. Neither one of us were raised in that type of environment or even really attending a church that had that type of environment. There was an anointing transfer that would happen to the person and many would go slain in the spirit. And I remember going and saying something to you and you go, and you did, you like, you want to make sure I wasn't pushing them down. I'm like, Stan, I'm five foot tall. <laughs> I'm not very big. No, I'm not pushing them down. So I went over. I yeah, actually you watched. You and said, you, yeah. She wasn't pushing them down. I in said, other words, here, people watch. were going you slain know. in the spirit. Yeah. But, you know, but I don't really, you know, if it happens, it happens. It's not something that I really say, well, that means that person's more anointed if they go down or slain in the spirit or if, if someone prays for them, they must be more anointed or I really don't get caught up into that, and I don't think anybody else should. I just think some people are just easier to receive. Uh, they they may go slain in the Spirit. I think early on in our marriage, there were times that, you know, maybe I knew or a direction that we needed to go or something we needed to do. And actually, you know, this is part of the training, too. I think that there were times I would try to force an issue because I really believe God was saying, this is what we need to do, and, and you would say no, and... And then we would go the direction you wanted to go, and I'd say, "See there," and you know, <laughs> I was right. And of course, God has really dealt with me over that issue many times over the years. But I, I, have, I don't do that anymore <laughs> because God gives us grace. Well, but see, that's part of the training. Yes. In other words, there's a time to force it, and then there's a time to. I, I don't not. believe I don't believe prophets should ever force. 
I don't. And I think this is part of the training. I think there's a lot of uh, people that probably are called to the prophetic, maybe not so much as a in the office of a prophet, but they're called to the prophetic and knowledge. Maybe they're called to be a messenger of God for the you know end time prophecy, um, or they just might have the ability to prophesy very accurately. Just because someone prophesies accurately does not make them a prophet. And I think that gets confused sometimes because Absolutely. there are other schools of the prophet, but they, they mainly zone in on just prophesying, teaching people how to prophesy. But the word says that we will all prophesy. We all should prophesy. It's, so that is a gift that God gives us. And we should prophesy to one to another and edify, to edify and to build up and to encourage. And we will do that at this crusade. But in the school of prophets that I've done for many, many years, um, I take you from step to step. I mean, we we kind of back up to some of the basics. It might seem basics to some others. It won't seem that way. But I take them back to being trained like I was trained. And I and I say sometimes people say, well, I'm, I can be trained of God, too. I believe that the scriptures really want us to know that there is a a reason there is a school of the prophets that needs to be they could be just a home prophet or they could be a church prophet there might be a city prophet or a regional prophet or even national prophets so there are different levels of prophets and we will talk about that but uh, let me go back to some of the training that we will do at these crusades like God showed me when we were doing all these crusades and and once I got ordained is in the office of a prophet which I knew the night before <laughs> God told me the night before that I think it was three prophets and one apostle that that prayed for me and I received that anointing I thought that we were supposed to practice all the gifts of the of the spirit and I thought that that's what they were doing well come to find out many years later like really not so even long ago I said something to you Stan and and said something about practicing, you know, one of the gifts of the Spirit, or I needed to go back and really practice that one gift, whatever it was at the time. And you went, come back? What do you mean? What do you mean practice the gifts? And I said, yeah, don't you practice the gifts of the Holy Spirit? And he goes, no, I never heard that. And I said, <laughs> really? I thought everybody does this. When not you get, you know, baptized in the Holy Spirit, or even those that aren't yet, but that will, if they'll come, they will, they will get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And and they, you'll be able to know what it means to operate in each one of those gifts. But I even start back further than that because what God did with me is he had me go through each one of the fruits of the Spirit. And I'm not talking just one time with me. I mean, each one of the fruits of the Spirit, the, the nine fruits of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit. You know, we I have practiced these daily for a long time. I mean, every almost seems like day of my life since especially since I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and then especially ordained that we should operate in the gifts of the Spirit but also the fruits of the Spirit the fruits of the Spirit you know like love and joy peace long-suffering goodness meekness and temperance all of those we should be operating because it says that in the scriptures that says that they'll know us by our fruits and especially as someone in the five-fold ministry which is whether it's an apostle or a prophet, teacher, evangelist, pastor, we need to make sure that we are operating in the, the fruits of the Spirit first. To me, that's just as important as operating in the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit, because 
if we can't operate with the fruit of the spirit and they know us of our by our fruits, then we're no good to society and no good to the Christians, other Christians out there. Okay, so I'm guessing that some of the people that haven't been through training may be thinking, well, I thought that you would like do some kind of a thing where I could like start having dreams or visions or hearing from God. But you're saying that walking in the fruits and the gifts of the Spirit is how you get closer to God, and that's how you develop more into the prophetic. Yes, absolutely. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, here at this conference, we are going to pray for people to be able to hear God uh, more clearly, you know, be able to receive dreams and visions, you know, I'll anoint them as with the, the oil that God has had me make called honor. It's all about transferring. But let me go back to the fruits of the spirit. I don't want to get too far away from that because with practicing the fruits of the spirit through the training that I've done for many, many years, people realize where they're lacking. They realize, well, I need to know what that really means. I need to know what that really feels like to, especially like, for example, just love. You'd think, well, the fruit of the Spirit's love. Well, when we become a Christian, do we just operate in the agape love of Jesus Christ? And so many times we don't. And it makes you think. It makes you realize, I need to step up the plate and do this better. Or maybe someone has a, a problem with their, uh, with, you know, they need to have uh, work on temperance or meekness. You know, all those are so vital. We have too many loose canons that call themselves prophets in churches today, or even those that are not attending a church because they're isolated. They, they are, um, become loners and they're, they're not really doing society or churches any good because they feel like they're just supposed to be alone with God. And what happens is they, Maybe they were really called or are really called of God to be a prophet. But if they stay isolated, then they're going to start hearing the wrong voice because the scriptures say that we're supposed to fellowship one with another. But we're also supposed to, again, operate in the fruits of the spirit. And also we need to be able to work together in the churches and be able to have those gifts and callings that God has placed on each one of us to operate as a body of Christ. And we're not doing that. And I'm hoping that the School of the Prophets will help them to go back to their churches, realize the way that they need to approach their pastors, realize the way that they need to approach others that maybe they need to hear the word of the Lord, but not try to force it down them. Because when someone's forced to do anything, then that's abuse. Any, any way you look at it, it's abuse whether you say you heard from God or not. If you're trying to force the issue, then you're abusing another person. And I, I believe that the School of Prophets help bring things back in order. It helps them to realize the places that they were out of order. It helps them to realize what their calling is, what their anointing is. And even if you think you don't have the, the calling to be a prophet, you need to come to this crusade because there are gifts that you have. There's a calling on God on your life that you have. And maybe you just need to stir up the gifts that God has given inside mm, of you. Yeah. And so just because they maybe don't have that prophet anointing or prophetic anointing, if they have the love that they say they do for Jesus, then they want to have a greater walk with him. They want to have a more close walk with them. They want to be able to receive dreams and visions from the Lord and know what he's saying. I believe that most Christians really 
want to know how to operate with just the fruits of the spirit, much less the gifts of the spirit. Um, you know, discernment is one of the gifts of the spirit and we all need that, especially nowadays. So even if you're not called to be in the office of a prophet or even in the fivefold ministry, we need to learn how to stir up the gifts that God has given inside of us, whether we're baptized in the Holy Spirit or not. You know, once you become a Christian, you receive the Holy Spirit, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit is being able to activate those gifts and stir them up inside of you and, and learn how to release them. It also will allow you to have, you know, greater power, a greater anointing, a greater testimony and witnessing, and you'll also become more bold to be able to do so when you receive that baptism of the Holy Spirit. What are some things specifically that they will be doing in the School of the Prophets? We will go through um, each one of the the nine fruits of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit. We'll be really practicing on prophesying. And this is, when I say prophesying, don't be afraid. This will be done in a very safe environment. You'll have helpers around you. You know, we'll help guide and direct and make sure everything's done decently and in order nobody is allowed to give anything critical. It's all about edifying and uplifting and building up the kingdom. They'll have understanding on how to minister in their churches in a more appropriate way, how to go to their pastor um, and say, you know, I've got this calling on me or I had this word for the church. Do you mind if I share it sometime? Because God is a God of order. Unfortunately, we have so-called prophets in churches or even that just go and approach a church and they cause all kinds of disarray and they cause disruption and they cause um, church splits and they're they're really out of order when they think and they're doing the will of God. And I want to help bring that back into balance and say that was not using good fruits of the spirit when you do those things. God wants us to use his fruits. You can be a prophet, a, a strong anointed prophet of God hear from him clearly and accurately. But if you can't use those gifts with the fruit of the spirit, then you have no business in calling yourself a prophet because God is about our character. He wants to know what our character is going to look like and how we're going to operate and how we're going to use those gifts and callings that he's given us in a godly way and in a loving way and, but also a very powerful way. I mean, I can be very, very bold and very, very strong. I'm not very big, but I can get <laughs> 10 foot tall sometimes. I really know that under that anointing, you know, there is a lot of power that happens, a lot of power that comes. And you just need to learn how to operate in that, that anointing and how to operate in that power. Okay. How much of it is caught and how much of it is taught? There are some prophets, even in the Old Testament, that God says they were born that way. I mean, they were born to be a prophet. And I believe that while that's true, while most prophets are going to be really, that's that's supposed to be their calling, their God-given walk here on earth, it really is taught. But God still taught those ones. He, he still called. did teach them. God taught them. He still taught them. I mean, they were called from the womb, but he still taught them, and he still had other leaders over them that taught them things. Maybe it was even how to run a country, deal with day-to-day -day activities. I mean, there was always somebody teaching them. Even with us, I mean, we have people that, that have taught us so much, and, and we've seen false prophets out there, and while I hated going through that part of our life, 
like David E. Taylor, don't have anything to do with him. He is um, a false prophet. It was a, it was a horrible experience, but at the same time, I praise God that he allowed that because my eyes, uh, my ears, everything's tuned in now. To yeah, see, mine too. <laughs> to see those, we had quite a bad experience yeah, with to him. To see those uh, false prophets and realize that's what they are. Uh, and they can be very, quote unquote, anointed mm-hmm. because, you know, the devil, he can heal. He can get you fooled, and he can have those lying signs and wonders, Amen. even more so than many of the churches there. Uh, me, yeah, absolutely. But, so many times the false is more powerful than the many genuine. Many times, unfortunately, because we are following lying signs and wonders, and that's what we have to learn also. And by going to the School of Prophets, you're going to be able to recognize more what's the lying signs and wonders. There's a, so much teaching that's going to go on and, you know, you need to come ready and sleep when it's time to sleep and eat when it's time to eat and get to work when it's time to get to work because there's a lot that we're going to cover. I mean, a lot that I'll cover. The manual, you're not going to be able to get through the whole thing four days, but you will be able to take the manual and complete finish going through it when you get back home. I encourage that because it's how God trained me. I've trained others. And it's been proven. And so just because also someone gets ordained into the office of a prophet, that's really right then when their ministry just starts. It's almost like you have to start all over. That's right. Or you just start recognizing things and recognizing the hand of God. Because really, we should have discernment. We should be able to hear the voice of the Lord. We should be able to have dreams and visions. We should be able to understand that still small voice and be obedient to it. But we don't know what to do with it sometimes. And this will help us to keep things done decently in order, I pray. And it'll also show those that maybe are out of order and they have um, what I call the loose cannons or some of them, you know, you've become a wacko. You've gone in churches <laughs> and you, you cause problems. That's not a prophet. I think people want to be say they're a prophet because they see the powerful anointing that those that in office in an office of a prophet have and they desire it, but they don't really realize the sacrifices that go along with it. Talking about the crusade, you're going to be doing four three-hour sessions as we have it set up right now. Leslie, School of the Prophets starts. What's one of the first things that you're going to do? Salvation. Making sure everybody is saved. Because sometimes I think people think that they are, but maybe they've really not ever accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So we're, we're going to go through that. We will also then teach about uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, although these first two things will go pretty quickly because there's a lot of things that need to be covered. I will anoint each person that comes with anointing oil called honor. I believe that's what God has told me to name it. He has given me the recipe for it. And this will be poured on every person that comes to receive the prophetic, to be able to operate in the prophetic. Now, does that mean as soon as I anoint you with oil and transfer that anointing that you're in the office of a prophet? No. And I mean, big no. That just means that we're praying for you to have that transference so that you have that that gifting to be able to operate in the prophetic. And hopefully many of you will be called to be in the office of a prophet. It's a very important time. They become anointed at the last crusade when you anointed people with your revelation. 
they said there was a difference. Yeah. And we want that. We want that transfer. We don't want to just hold on to it from ourselves. Even like receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that's transferred from one person to the other by laying on the hands. The same thing with the prophetic, also to be called into the office of a prophet. We are not going to be having you go and get business cards after this is done saying, I'm now a prophet. I attended Leslie's School of the Prophets. That's not what makes a prophet. And so there's going to be days and weeks, months, years that you'll walk and operate before you probably are really fully in the full office of a prophet. But it's got to start and you've got to be able to have some groundwork done and know where you need to start, where you need to go back to and begin from the beginning to where maybe you feel like you are now and set that stuff aside that you think you're anointed and think you're called to be a prophet. Let's all come in together. Let's all start at the beginning and let's really go through this so that you can see there's areas in your life that you really need to work on. And it's going to be in a safe environment. I can't emphasize that enough. It's a safe environment where you're going to feel like you're really growing. You'll have achievement, people that'll be encouraging you. You'll be so happy that you come because you're going to see the growth that you have. You as an individual have. They have talents and abilities in them that they're not developing. That's more like in the physical. But what you're saying is they also have spiritual gifts in them that they may not know about or have not been developed. And this is going to a find and then to help develop their spiritual gifts and to find the correct gifts, put them on the right path. Absolutely. And also see where maybe they're weak in an area that they need to work on. Uh, I think until somebody really goes through Uh, Even just the fruits of the Spirit, they don't really know where their weakness is. Somebody could say, well, I love people. I love, I have a love of God through me. And and then when they really see how they're supposed to use that fruit, maybe they don't. It's easy to say, but it's not easy to do sometimes. So we're going to talk about all those things and also get, get things back in order in their life. And I encourage those, whether they feel like they have a prophetic calling or a prophet calling, to come. If you just want to get closer to God, this is the place to come. If you want to be able to hear his voice more clearly, this is the place to come. If you want to be able to receive dreams and visions from him and know how to interpret those dreams, you know, we're going to cover that briefly. So there's going to be a lot of um, hands-on experience here. We ask people to fast three consecutive days. Why? It's an obedience. It's getting rid of flesh. They're going to be able to come and hear God more clearly because they were obedient. Some, you know, can't do the full fast. And I know you explain that to them. You know, that could be scary itself. But if they understand that, you know, maybe if you aren't used to fasting, you know, maybe you can do juice for, you know, three days. You know, it depends on what your level is that you you can do. There's also Romanian fast where you fast during the day and then you eat at night, you know, when the sun goes down. There's different ones, and you probably have talked about that to them with them. But it's really about obedience. When you're in ministry and when you're in the fivefold ministry and when you really have a call of God, it starts with obedience. It really does start with obedience. And you have to understand everybody submits to someone. Everybody has someone that, they're, that they have a leader that they yeah. look up to and they respect. Might say, well, Leslie, you're a woman. There's going to be some out there said that she shouldn't even be calling herself a prophet because she's a woman, because of the different things that are in taught in the different churches. It's time to set aside 
every kind of denomination, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you know, set aside your own thoughts, your own beliefs, whether you should fast, whether you shouldn't be just obedient, come and just see for yourself what God may have for you. You know, test it, test the spirit and just to see what he might have. What about the manual and the book? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> the manual. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm doing the manual right now. It's going to be so important because it's going to be able, they're going to be able to take this, hopefully many of them, and start training after they've been trained other people. And this will be their way of being able to have the, the information right at their fingertips If they're interested in doing a School of the Prophets, they'll be able to have this as a teaching tool. It's also going to be something that they can have with them and to finish completing it once they get home. It's also going to be something that they can go back to and refer to. There's a lot of information, everything from salvation to baptism of the Holy Spirit to the fruits of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit to understanding even praise and worship and the different positions in the praise and worship, or even how to take up an offering, even the scriptures for taking up offering. Because if you're going to be in the ministry, you know, I'm trying to make sure that they have everything at their fingertips that they may need as they go out and minister. Wow. Well, once again, go to sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com and get yourself signed up. Sevenfoldmiraclecrusades.com, April 8 through 12. 